Mech Football Pod. Caleb Carter, what's up, buddy? Uh, your boy is uh, on the other end of the COVID. Um, tested positive for it last Monday, but I didn't find out till Tuesday. So I spent the whole day uh, working around kids and fellow coworkers with COVID on Monday and same thing on Tuesday. Uh, they didn't tell me my results till Tuesday. Now was, you know, I didn't have symptoms, so I was just supposed to keep working. But the important thing is that America was able to get you to work. Right. <laughs> and the other important I mean, thing that's is, the goal. <laughs> yep, I, I worked there yeah. one day. <laughs> and the other important thing is all of our uh, our kids went to remote schooling for the entire rest of the week. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that uh that you had it that you have it and uh yeah and all that such that's uh that's not a fun fallout. But uh, nobody cares tested. about your COVID situation, Caleb. Nobody cares. We all care about football. That's all we care about right now. We're... I've already tested negative. We... So I don't have it anymore. So I guess good job. See, we do have. A little bit of action to talk about. Uh, let's just talk about college football as a whole, though, because it's now, now it's the start of 2022. Now that Monday has passed, now that Georgia has finally pulled off the season we've all been waiting for, it's finally the 2022 year as far as college football is concerned. Uh, Caleb, generally, you know, speaking, you know, looking back or looking forward, you know, where is your head at for this sport? You're not going to get much more from me than what I said last time. The same type of thing, like right. Um, we've got a lot to be excited for in the upcoming season. Right now, I'm kind of thinking about where guys are going to go in the draft. We talked about that a little bit yeah. in the most recent episode. Uh, where we still have some of these, these like you know the Senior Bowl and some of these games to look forward to. We, we can mention mm-hmm. Bryant Kobach, obviously <sighs> showing out in one of those contests the other day. Yeah, the Hula Bowl, I think. Yeah. Um, I can't say I watched or paid close attention, but it was cool to see, see him flash across and see some folks on Twitter kind of talk, talking him up. So maybe I'm a little bit, when it comes to like Kobach, I'm a little bit more like optimistic, I think, than I was even like a week ago, just because of the uh, the type of recognition he got from scouts on Twitter the other day. Um, so yeah, excited for that type of stuff. And uh, just what, I mean, before too long, we'll start hearing all the whispers and the chitter chatter from Springwell. Chitter chatter. Yeah, uh, we do have to talk about uh, spring ball chitter chatter because I do with this episode. I do want to like kind of like say like, okay, this is where we're at. I don't want to like keep doing the thing of like who's going to be good, who's going to be bad, this, that, and the other because we have way too long of that. And I just what are we? Gonna, we're not gonna we're not gonna learn anything out of those conversations. So uh, what I do have is that right now, as a snapshot in time. I have teams kind of broken up, all 12 teams just broken up, uh, just based on basically three criteria. Uh, do they have their head coach still, or did they make a recent change? Has that coach won a MAC title? And of all of both of those things, uh, do they or don't they return their quarterback from last year? And it's pretty easy to just divide things up that way, I think, and to kind of see like where teams are at right now. And even when like teams are kind of grouped together here, the goals are like the way that these schools are going to have to get to the ultimate goal are going to be like ultimately very different from school to school. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see there. Um, uh, Caleb, do you have any any thoughts on the action as we get forward? I know you're like, oh, the draft this, the draft that, that's coming up. Oh, we have some spring chitter chatter. But is there like a Mac player that comes to mind that you're like? Hey, you know, I'm excited for this guy because he might finally have like a big 2022 season. Or hey, if this player who didn't get to play a lot in 2021 has a good spring, that's going to be the guy we're going to have to see this fall. 
is there like any any Mac name that instantly pops to mind that uh, could be the new guy to look out for here? I mean, I it's got to be somebody like Colin Schley from Kent State. Like, is Kent State going to falter, or are they going to stay on top of like the East? Like, are they going to be good enough to compete at that level, or mm-hmm. is there another quarterback? Uh, but yeah, like as we talked about last episode, it's probably Schley I'm more interested in probably more than anybody else, and then. Uh, while state has to figure out an answer there at quarterback as well, mm-hmm. because they're still fine in a number of the skill positions, but they lose, uh, you know, their quarterback of what did, he, what did he play like four straight years, I believe, put started, and they lose their defensive leader, a bunch of guys who run that defense and offense for the uh, title winning team. So, uh, two teams that could win their divisions, you know, in, in the right situations. Uh, curious how Kent replaces Crumb, and if somebody steps up for Ball State and becomes one of the better players in the conference because losing Jimmy Hall, losing Drew Plitt, losing Brandon Martin, those those fill some big shoes or fill a or pretty create a pretty big void rather. Yeah, so let's let's get into that. Uh, I have a name that I get in, that I have in mind that I want to start with, but I think that's just best if we just break into these tiers. Uh, so tier one. Tier one, this is the tier that teams have their coach coming back and that coaches already have a MAC title in their pocket. Uh, but that tier is going to be broken up into two more tiers. Tier one, A, is uh, teams that have a coach that returns with a MAC title in their pocket and returns the quarterback from last year. Uh, tier one, B, has the coach with the title, but a new quarterback situation this year. So tier one, A, we have two teams, Miami of Ohio, Chuck Martin, he's bringing back Brett Gabbert for his third, fourth, hundredth year. God, like I feel like he's been like so young. He's practically old at this point. Uh, Thomas Hammock, you're the second team in Tier One A. Uh, Thomas Hammock leads Northern Illinois, and Rocky Lombardi comes back. Tier One B, we've got uh, the two teams that don't have their quarterback. Uh, Ball State, of course, they won the MAC title uh, in 2020. Drew Plitt, like we said, graduated. Uh, they're led by Mike New and Toledo. Jason Candle, remember all those years ago when he won a MAC title? That was before TikTok was a thing. Uh, like five years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? He actually does return the quarterback, but I, sh- I was thinking about it. Uh, yeah, Daquan Finn does come back. I should put him in Tier 1A, actually. Uh, but the other guy, what was his name? Carter Bradley, so he transferred out. I think that's where my mind was at. So we got three teams in 1A. One and one B. Uh, Caleb, but of the three teams in one A, Miami, NIU, Toledo, uh, who have a, I mean, which of these teams do you have like the most faith in? And I'm sure you're probably going to say NIU because they just, uh, you know, had a really good year. And a lot of, well, the players of the, are coming back. Yeah, I mean, of those four teams, it makes the most sense for NIU because they return uh, the most guys at crucial spots, mm-hmm. right? And, the, and, the, and they are the team coming off the title. Uh, so it's easy to have the most faith, but that does also doesn't mean that, um, like, I have just as much, like, optimism Miami could be fighting for the top of the East, but there's no reason to think that NIU shouldn't be the most on the most solid foundation out of that group. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Miami, uh, we like Miami. I think I like Miami. I know you don't like Miami because you're an Ohio grad, so maybe I should choose my words better. Maybe I should choose them betterly. Uh, but Brett Gabbert, I mean, 
I think he's had a pretty good year. Uh, I think it's going to suck in 2022 when he doesn't have Jack Sorensen to throw to anymore. Uh, that's going to be a very, very big loss. And Miami's not an easy place to bring, like, great skill talent in right away. Not to say that they're incapable of it, of course. Uh, I'm certainly but, not in the past. But Sorensen, Sorensen, like, he's, he's, he's been a staple in that offense for years. And no matter if it's at Miami in that offense or if it's Hassan Badoon at Eastern's offense, you know, when those guys leave, Badoon's still there, don't worry. Um, but, yeah, like, when big departures leave, it hurts. And it just takes a lot of work to replace those guys, so. That's going to be interesting to see. But still, he's got some good receivers to throw to. Just wish the run game would be there to support him a little bit more. Other than that, if Brett, if Gabbert has a good year, uh, I trust Chuck Martin enough for Miami to be probably the best team that we're already talking about right now in 22. Yeah, and honestly, you still got like Hip and Hammer coming back. I think isn't Jalen Walker still coming back as well? Um you know, some guys who are at least be productive, so they'll, they'll find a way that somebody's going to step up. I don't know if Hibben Hammer's like the guy or whatever, but I mean, he had, looking at his stats, he had almost nearly 50 receptions, nearly 800 receiving yards, five reception touchdowns, so those numbers will jump. He'll be honestly a really good number one target if unless somebody else is stepping up that we're not thinking of. Yeah, I mean, and, like, uh, if as long as he, if he can find, like, a good game, like, with the tight end still, like, Miami's done a good job, you know, regularly under Martin to find good success and keep the offense driving with a, you know, a good pass game to the tight ends. And as long as like the tight ends live up to the billing, which they should like cold iron was really good this past year. I'm excited to see his growth. Uh, I think there's going to be like some extra options that it like have been brewing for him like that. So uh, yeah, like it doesn't have to be all on the receivers because that would just Miami's not totally just going to be like all of a sudden, Oh, we're Toledo. <laughs> you know, we're going to run Toledo's offense. No, they're going to stick to, you know, it's 21 personnel and uh, have some fun with that. Uh, speaking of Toledo, ugh, we don't trust you. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, Ball State, do you trust Mike New with, you know, Ball State having, I don't know, any, any improvement this year while it has to, you know, change the quarterback situation on offense? Like, do you think that there's enough going around the quarterback to help fill in the blank? Move it, move it going, move it forward next year. I'm gonna pretend I know what question was asked there. Uh, Toledo, at as far as his quarterback position goes, is not been on solid footing for a few years now. And even when we thought like they were, it it, it took like it took, all it took was what like the Colorado State game this year, this past season for Toledo for them to lose like all faith in Carter Bradley, and they're basically like, okay, bye. Um, even though we've been trying to groom you as the guy for for a long time now. So, no, like there's no way to have any actual faith in what Toledo is going to look like at the quarterback position going into this year. Um, and even if you were kind of optimistic that Finn is the guy and that you think he's going to be successful, uh, I don't really trust like what they're doing offensively in the play calling. And they haven't proven that they can be any type of consistent with that. So, yeah, there's not really a reason to have faith in it, but you know they could fix it and they could be really powerful. It's it's not the margin like for being like eh, forgettable Toledo again and being really solid probably isn't that they're probably not far apart. Like it probably a few things click and Toledo's probably really good again, and they probably have that potential more than anybody in the conference. 
where you know they just figure a few things out and then boom they're they're nine and four West title winners again. Oh, I was zooming right past them and going right to Ball State because I know you don't trust Toledo and I don't either. And I just like you know what? Let's just save some time. Let's not even talk about Toledo at all. I was asking about Ball State. Are there enough good pieces around Ball State's new quarterback? Well, as far as Ball State goes, I I don't know. They lose so many good athletes, right? Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have Johannes. Yeah, they, I mean they have Johannes, sure, but they but they've got also young backs that they still have to kind of figure out who's the guy. I think it was a uh, shoot. I can't remember the freshman's name uh, this past year who had a good year. Steele. Oh, was it Carson Steele. Uh, running back, of, yeah. I, I can't think of the receiver. Person? I remember the other receiver that transferred in yeah, from yeah. Cincinnati, the Jason. But, uh, you know, I think that they're going to still be good, but or they'll still be okay, but the West continue, is going to continue to be strong, so it's an uphill battle to win a, a game or to be 5-3 and three in the West, right? Like, it really, really is an uphill battle to compete in any way for somebody like Ball State. No matter what year, mm-hmm. even when they were at their absolute best, they've they've been in the last thirty years. They still were, you know, they didn't dominate the West. So, I think the, the probably most likely, you know, not without looking at a schedule right now, the best that Boston's probably looking at is five hundred in the conference. I would think, unless something is really going to click this year that I, that I'm already not aware of. Uh, tier two. We're going to move on to Tier 2 here. Uh, these are teams that return their coach and that have at least won a division title. Uh, and we got those broken up between uh, two teams that have and have not returned their quarterbacks again. Uh, tier 2A, that's Central Michigan, because Jim McElwain comes back, won the West his first year as uh, Central's coach. Daniel Richardson comes back as their quarterback. Uh, and the other tra- and the quarterback that, uh, that came in to essentially replace him last year, is now playing D2 football. Uh, tier 2B, Kent State, because you don't have your quarterback. Dustin Crumb's gone. Uh, like we said, we think it's going to be college league. Uh, looks like it should be, but still, that's not the, the starting guy. That's not Dustin Crumb. Uh, Kent State, you're down there. You did not win the MAC. Still haven't. Which of these two teams uh, do you trust more? If these two teams were to square off week one, which which teams do uh, which team would win between Central and Kent? Yeah, I guess uh, hmm. I would trust Central to get think, the job yeah. done first. Yeah, like just if only because because Central was on such a roll at the end of last year or at the end of last season for the most part. Yeah, well, I mean, no, not even for the most part. They were they were on a roll <laughs> to end the end the year, and uh, obviously picking up a big bowl game was a yeah, nice boost for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for it was a nice little boost for them, and you know, they still have some of the best skill position. Uh, they'll still bring back some of the best skill position players in the conference still. And Richardson's the guy at quarterback, and that's no longer in question. Uh, they're going to head into the season with more certainty, I think, than they've had even in the last two years. So that bodes really well for them. I think that's that's very easily the reason they could leapfrog NIU is the certainty that they have the 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 foundation being really, really set this year for what they've got. Because they've probably got uh, the strongest chance to win the MAC title since when they actually won it, right? So. Right, yeah. I mean, the thing that, that worries me about Central right now is that they lost so many pieces on defense, like we talked about last episode. 
Um, I mean, just ugh, just sucks because those guys could have come back. They probably should have graduated like on a normal timeline. They're only exercising. Uh, those guys that I'm talking about, Devonnie Reed, who went to South Carolina, and Troy Brown, three-time first-team LMAC linebacker, who is going to Ole Miss. Um, they only got a six-year of eligibility because the pandemic happened. You know, mm-hmm. and like I wrote about in my newsletter, uh, which you should subscribe to today. Uh, I mean, they did all you could ask for. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, they did all you could ask for. They redshirted, then they were four-year players. They saw a coaching change. They led their team to a West Division championship. I don't know what what else you could ask for if you're mad at that, but they're going to be lumped into the overwhelming pile of players who also have six years of, of football to play with that are just trying to find a new home every once in a while. Um, yeah. And I, I've made this point about Central Michigan before, but Central Michigan, the way they're built and the coaching staff they have right now, they are more equipped to replace guys on defense than anybody else in the league. Yeah. And they've shown so, that. They have shown that. Yes. So, and, and based on that track record, not worried about them. Mm-hmm. But only a little bit, because that's damn good talent yeah. that left. They're not replacing Troy Brown with Troy Brown, but they might find a guy that's pretty close. Uh, Kent State, they just don't have, they haven't shown that under Sean Lewis. They haven't shown that they can really step it up on defense for Caleb and I to trust them uh, with Fewer years of Jim McElwain than more years of Sean Lewis. I just don't, yeah, no. Uh, tier three. Tier three. These are the teams that have their coaches. Uh, they've had their coaches since before the pandemic and haven't made any changes since. So Bowling Green, you still have Scott Loeffler. Eastern Michigan still has Chris Creighton. And Western Michigan still has Tim Lester. Um, I mean, if we're going to rank them in any sort of order, Bowling Green's probably at the bottom. And then Eastern Western, yeah, sure, Western's definitely lost a couple of times in a row, a few times in a row, which is pretty nice. Uh, I don't know, where, where do you think about Eastern? Like, what do you think about Eastern's chances of, I don't think about, well, I do, I definitely think about them winning the West. I think about that every day. Um, but, I don't know, do they have the staying power, staying power over Western, or are they just running into a lot of good luck against Tim Lester right now. I, I, I hesitate to call anything luck with that because Creighton's proved he knows how to beat Western and largely with teams that will you I think anybody very, in very different ways West too. Down. Like yeah. the, the 2021 game and 2020 games, definitely very, very different. Yeah. I mean, he knows how to beat them and he, I mean, I, I just don't know, obviously, about the quarterback spot. And they, you know, they, they can't really retain that. They're, like, replacing somebody. I mean, they, I know they do it at wide receiver, and they do it at, def, at, at like, defensive back and on the defensive line. They've done these uh, – they've made these moves to get folks from the ju- from JUCO and whatnot. And I, I, just, I just don't know really what to expect with the quarterback spot. And so, with that, unless they, they really hit a home run there, I they don't really think there's a reason to expect them to replicate the success they had even last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I don't know, about, I don't know about their new quarterback right now either. I just don't know about about Taylor Powell. And like, I think it uh, does. Does Bowling Green still have Matt McDonald? Did that guy graduate yet? You know, I actually don't. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's unfortunately a face I haven't followed too too closely here. Um, 
Yeah, you Eastern and Western, they're both going to be filling in new quarterbacks, too, so it's going to be interesting to watch next year. You would hope that Bowling Green, in the time Loeffler's been there, like, yes, he had McDonald come in with him, but you would hope that he's recruited his guy, who's going to be the guy at quarterback. And that, you, would, you would hope he would supplant uh, McDonald, but, yeah, McDonald does have another year of eligibility. Oh. But... Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's any reason somebody couldn't surpass McDonald. I mean, I, I we looked through some of the quarterbacks and they have a lot of freshman sophomore quarterbacks on the roster. So they went out and they're like, okay, so we gotta find we gotta find a guy. <laughs> like somebody's gotta be a guy. Uh if that doesn't happen, if McDonald's a quarterback again this year, like one, they had some encouraging signs in the wide receiver room, but again, no reason to really think that Bowling Green can move up tiers if you want to call them these tiers that we've got, because they, what have they proven? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tier four, uh, last four teams, last three teams, rather, that we're going to talk about, and we'll split out here pretty quickly. Uh, we got to split into two groups again. Tier 4A, uh, teams that have made a coaching change since COVID uh, and returns to their quarterback from last year. The only one in there is Ohio, Tim Albin, because he had to replace Frank Solich. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of him, uh, but I do want to say that Ohio, the way that they finished out the the season last year, it is a pretty encouraging. Uh, I did like the way that they, I, I liked the, what I saw when they came to Ypsilanti to play Eastern, uh, and Curtis Orks, pretty decent. He's not he's not his brother. He's pretty good though. The other two uh, the other two teams on here, uh, new coach, newer coach, doesn't return their quarterback from last year. Uh, Akron, you're now led by Joe Moorhead. Got a new everything going on. Buffalo, uh, Kyle Van Trees hit the transfer portal. He's now at Georgia Southern. Um, so Mo Linquist has to get his first new quarterback in his two years there. So, uh, yeah, and all these teams, of course, uh, lots of new co- coaching changes over in the East, these three teams. Akron's got the most upward mobility here, right? Or is it Buffalo? Um, I would still say Buffalo just because those guys have won. A lot of the guys on this roster have won before and know what it takes. Uh, so Buffalo is probably going to be able to swing a few points. I think I would think that they're going to be better than Ohio. I would think they're going to be better than uh, Akron for this year. And I don't think it's going to take Akron very long to, you know, be like, bad to 500 to competing for a division title. I think it's not going to, that it's not going to take very long. I just, it just can't really happen as quickly as maybe some folks might be hoping or thinking is possible because more heads coming in. And like we know McIlwain did it. So we know it's possible, but McIlwain did it at central and more had doing it at Akron are really different things. Yeah, but the thing, it's just the timeline of it all. Like, this is really, like, truly the experiment of how quick can you build the most bottom feeder program possible at the FBS level with the transfer portal now a thing? You know, because you didn't see this across the street five years ago when Sean Lewis was hired at Kent State. When he was hired in that December, when he had to replace, um, I'm blanking on the last coach's name. Don't 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 remind me right now. Paul Haynes. Um <laughs> He had to. He and his new coaching staff had to go on a marathon sprint of in the first year of the early signing period too, when coaches didn't have the transfer portal, so they were locking up ninety percent of their classes that December after Lewis was already hired. 
No, it was before Lewis was hired. It doesn't matter. He still had to go like, okay, who are the best unsigned prep players in America or in, you know, my regional footprint that I actually can get? And who are the bottom ones that I can flip out of, like, gray shirt commits from Marshall, say? Uh, they got alignment from him. Um, so that was a very different marathon sprint of Joe Moorhead's hired in from Oregon. Yeah, he has his name prestige. That's a different story. But he also can just simply scroll on uh, ncaatransferportal.com or whatever the link is that they get. I don't know. i never seen it. Um, and just call up, you know, people that maybe he coached at Mississippi State. Maybe that he coached at Oregon. Maybe that he recruited along the way to one of those two former destinations. It's easier to be, you know, to get that kind of talent, uh, like a like a freshman receiver out of LSU. You know, that was not an easy or, yeah, that wasn't as like a common player to get. You know, so the route of like recruiting new players into Akron uh, has been easier for him because he's already getting guys with college experience, and that's just the game now. But Kent State, they had to bank on all the 20-some players that we're recruiting to get this year right away are high schoolers. And everybody Akron's getting in year one of Joe Moorhead are, you know, 20, 21, 22 if they're grad students. So it's just going to be very interesting to see of, like, how quick the transfer portal can fix Akron just by looking at five years ago what Kent State couldn't do. And Sean Lewis is a pretty good damn – he's a damn good recruiter. I like the players he's gotten. <laughs> he's got a good eye for talent. But he was also only limited to high schoolers. Uh, that's it for me. I, I really got nothing else. I really have to split. I have uh, family stuff to deal with, unfortunately. But Caleb, uh, I'm very excited to you know go on another season of talking about Maxion with you, just bullshitting away with you every every week. Just hey, look at these twelve two te- these twelve teams. They suck. Who do we love the most this week? We love them all in their own little way. And boom goes the boom dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs>